This last week, a very special version of the Torah, the Sassoon Codex, was auctioned off at Sotheby's and purchased for $38.1 million, one of the most expensive documents ever purchased in all of history. A first version of the U.S. Constitution was purchased for $43 million just a few years ago. And the Sassoon Codex is really a spectacular text. It dates from somewhere around 900 CE, about 1,100 years ago. It was owned by David Solomon Sassoon, who was the uh, who was the scion of the Sassoon family, and the text itself will be donated to the Anu Museum in Tel Aviv. Now, what's fascinating about this text is that it's almost complete. There are only eight pages missing. Contrast this with the Aleppo Codex, also very well known. There's been a book about it by Mati Friedman, written in the last few years. And about a third of the Aleppo Codex is missing today. And now that we think about the Sassoon Codex, the Aleppo Codex, the totality of the Torah as we start Sefer Bamidbar, think about the relationship between the fourth book of the Torah, Bamidbar, and the other five books. Sefer Bamidbar, if we just think of the big picture, should not have happened. The Jewish people should have gone from Har Sinai directly into Eretz Yisrael. And yet, things don't go as expected. Things go wrong, in fact. Uh, they need to wait in the Midbar for 40 years, wait out till the next generation dies. And Sefer Bamidbar itself, the first few prakim, or preparation, to create the uh, the camp, the machaneh, the mishkan, the galim, Jewish people prepare to go into Eretz Yisrael, but then the ninth chapter, tragedy strikes, crisis, complaining, the mitonanim, the kivrot uh, ta'ava, the miraglim, korach, Many things go wrong. Balak, Bilam, and it takes about another uh, almost 20 chapters and 40 years later for the Jewish people to continue on this journey at the end of Sefer Bamidbar. So Sefer Bamidbar is a story that was not supposed to happen, that was written into the Torah. So it's a story that's not supposed to happen in the book that perhaps one can suggest should not have been written into the Torah. So how do we think about the Sefer? I want to share with you two different introductions by the Ramban and the Nitziv who speak about Sefer Bamidbar in very different, contrasting ways. And I think they both have lessons to teach us in our own lives. The Ramban in his Hakdama to Sefer Bamidbar tells us, Sefer Bamidbar talks about the Mishkan, how the Mishkan is a continuation of the fire, the revelation that was started at Har Sinai. And then he goes on to say, Sefer Bamidbar teaches us about the Nisim Gluim, the miracles that Hashem performed for the Jewish people in the Midbar. And ultimately, it's about reaching the land, the destination of Eretz Yisrael. There's some mitzvot which don't have long-term value because they relate to the Mishkan. They're not eternal, but they had short-term value. And that's Sefer Bamidbar. What is glaringly missing from the Ramban's summary of Sefer Bamidbar is all the things that went wrong, all of the aberrations, all the inter- the great interruption of the 40, uh, 40 years of the Midbar, totally edited out of the Ramban's summary of Sefer Bamidbar. Contrast this with the Nitziv. Rabbi Talitzvi of Berlin wrote an introduction to his Eimek Kadavar on Sefer Bamidbar, and he tells us that Sefer Bamidbar is also called Chumash HaPikudim, the Chumash of counting. Why? Because at the beginning of the Sefer in Parsha Bamidbar, Hashem counts the Jewish people. In the end of the Sefer in Parsha Pinchas, Hashem counts the people. And both of these countings are meant to capture the extraordinary transformation that the Jewish people go through in this 40-year period. They go from living under Hashem's Hashkacha, under His constant eye, 
with the man and the anan and the mishkan, moving towards greater independence as they enter Eretz Yisrael and they will have to fend for themselves with Hashem's help, but they will have to create a sovereign, independent uh, political entity in Eretz Yisrael and follow all the mitzvot, no longer under the uh, comforting uh, gaze of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with quite the same hashkacha. So there's this transformation the Jewish people go through. And again, because they fall, because they sin, because they go off the derech and the midbar, this is how they ultimately mature and are then ready to enter Eretz Yisrael. What are the two lessons of these contrasting interpretations? I think from the Ramban we learn the following message, that even though not everything goes right in the midbar, we have to focus on the positive. It's like a family who goes on a, on a family vacation, they go on a road trip together, they're in the car, they see many wonderful sights, but in the car they're fighting and the kids are screaming and yelling and you know, the parents aren't so happy with everyone's behavior, but ultimately it was a great trip and you remember the positive. And that's what the Midbar is, about focusing on the positive. This is Ramban's interpretation. We got from point A to B, we saw some great things. Let's forget about all the bad things that happened in between. That's the Ramban's interpretation. From the Nitziv, we learn a different lesson. The Nitziv teaches us that in life, we are always on a journey. We're between safer, we're between the Midbar Sinai and Eretz Yisrael. So much of life happens in the in-between, on the journey from one point A to point B. Life doesn't happen exactly as we expect it. John Lennon taught us that life is what happens uh, when we're planning, and when we're planning for everything else that is life itself. And there's a great lesson here that so often we're waiting for the next thing to happen. We're waiting to finish university, waiting for the next job, waiting for our kids to grow up, waiting for the weekend to, to come to an end, waiting for summer vacation to come, waiting for uh, Shul to be over to go to Kiddush. We're waiting for so many things to happen. And we forget in the here and now. We forget about the opportunities of the present. We forget that wherever we are, that's where we're supposed to be. The Katskarebi was famous for saying, I'm never on my way. I'm never on my way. I'm always where I need to be. That's his response to John Lennon. And it seems teaches us that Sefer Bamidbar is not an aberration. It's not a, a, uh, a going off the path. It is the path. It's where the Jewish people were supposed to be. There's so much to learn on the path of the Midbar, being in the Midbar of life. That is the ultimate message of Sefer Bamidbar.